welcome to the Profiles in Persistence show. I'm Dusty Rollins, founder and owner of Oxford Business Services. We help entrepreneurs and business owners maximize their profit and minimize their taxes. We believe there should be limits to how much the IRS can punish your success. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on this great inspirational daily podcast. Let's go. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us. And today we have Mr. Jim Simon. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me, David. So from what I know, uh, we can find you at jimmybars.com. If you want to reach Mr. Jim, you can hit him up at jim at jimmybars.com. So tell me, what is Jimmy Bars? So Jimmy Bars is a company I started in 2014 with my sister. Uh, it's a functional protein bar company. And what I mean by that is uh, our bars you eat for a specific reason. For example, uh, you're a hardworking guy, you need some caffeine, uh, you eat our Wake and Focus bar, which has plant-based caffeine, it has MCTO for brain health, et cetera. Um, pre-workout, we've got a bar called Eye of the Tiger, um, which was a licensing deal we did with the guy who wrote the song for Survivor, Jim Peterick. Um, you eat a bar with plant-based caffeine and turmeric for recovery. We've got a bar with collagen for hair, skin, nails. Uh, and we've got three keto bars for weight management. And the bars taste really good. So what's happening now in the market is, especially judging by your looks, you look like you're in your 20s, I'd take it. <laughs> Thank you. Look, I appreciate it. <laughs> so I, I'm not. Uh <laughs> younger folks are a little more uh, sophisticated about the way they eat as opposed to me who's 53. You know, I grew up on ho-hos and ding-dongs and white bread and bologna and, you know, grilled cheese and stuff like that. You eat for a specific reason, just like people take CBD for a specific reason. They want to knock mm -hmm. them out or chill them out. Um, and that's how people are starting to eat. Um, and the keto diet in particular, people are eating because A, it gives you this incredible amount of energy. And then B, um, it is great if you want to lose some weight. Our company, we started off as a company that had really healthy plant-based, date-based bars. And then about four years into it, we pivoted to high-protein, low-sugar. And then from that, we've sort of evolved more into high-protein, low-sugar um, functional benefits. And it's just taken off. It's been, I mean, I started the business as just a side hustle, uh, just a fun little gig for the weekend because uh, I had a job in technology and it's turned into a, a you know, a global company. We're in uh, seven countries and 13,000 locations like CVS and Walgreens and Rite Aid. And uh, we're going into Sam's Club here shortly. We're in a couple of Costco's, you know, we're all over the place. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So how did like, how did Jimmy bars like exist? Like, what was the thought? Like, were you just outside one day and you were like, man, you know, I think that'd be a great idea. It just has some great food for people or like, where was the birth of this idea? It was kind of born like a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs is born out of um, displeasure for what's on the market or mm. something that didn't exist. And so I was, I've always been a protein bar guy and, you know, at one point I was eating protein bars. I'm like, God, these suck. You know, they just don't taste good. And I'm like, what? And then you look, you look on the back of the wrapper and it's all BS. It's all like ingredients. You got to Google to figure out what the hell you're eating. And so I'm like, how come people can't be honest? And the more, 
you look into the food industry, there's a whole lot of this going on. I mean, there's a whole lot of nonsense. And um, it's almost like politics. You're like, I don't even, you know, you watch Fox News or you watch CNN. It's like, who's telling the truth? Um, you kind of have to, you know, do a little research. So I just wanted to come up with a really honest company that has healthy stuff. And at bars wasn't necessarily the, the, the main focus, but that's what we ended up doing. My sister, who is a chef and a restaurateur from Chicago, um, I pitched her on doing it. And being a chef, she wants to do everything with great taste. So she's like, great, butter, brown sugar. I'm like, no, we can't oh. do that. It's got to be low calorie, healthy. He's like, okay, let's do that. So that's, you know, we, I want to do something good for the world. My dad died of diabetes. His dad died mm. of diabetes. The leading cause of sugar and overweight. And so we wanted to do something good. Prior to that, I had been in technology for 15 years and it's a great business. Um, but you're, you know, you're kind of selling air. I mean, I can't touch it. Can't feel it. I wanted a tangible product. So that's how it happened. And again, it started as a, as a side hustle. I didn't really, I didn't think it would become this big. Um, I'm glad it did. Um, it's been unbelievably painful along the way the food business is it's hard you know it's anybody you have to have access to capital but um we're in a really good place right now so thank god it has it's been hard though i understand i understand so like what talking about hard that's a great uh you know point for us to talk about like what dilemmas or what like problems have you had on your journey and especially dealing like with covid being an entrepreneur like we would love to know more about that because i know this was a hiccup for a lot of people. So we would love to know if you would mind sharing. Pick pick whatever dilemma and we've had it, uh, you know. So for example, with retail, people don't realize when they're walking through Whole Foods or they're walking through Walgreens or wherever you shop, um, you very often have to pay a fee to get in there, right? So it's called slotting fees. It's expensive. So when you're walking through, you know, whatever sprouts or were you know to get up there it's going to cost money marketing money um uh anytime you do promotions the the brand has to pay for that it's expensive it's an expensive business um there's not a lot of technology in it right it is food um but there's intellectual property so there's the formulas but it's just a business that <clears throat> you just it's very hard to start unless you have access to capital you either have to have money or you have to have access to it that was a real hard thing. Um, as I learned, I had no idea. Um, and then second of all, you know, when you manufacture, uh, 95%, I'm throwing out a number, uh, 95% of the brands you look at on the store, they're not necessarily the ones who actually make it. So for example, some of the biggest chocolate companies out there, they're necessarily, they're not necessarily companies that manufacture chocolate. Coca-Cola manufactures syrup. They don't really manage It's the bottling companies that put it together with the water, et cetera. So there's a lot of stuff that's going on that I personally didn't know about. Um, and uh, the we had problems with manufacturing. We were using what's called co-packers. We had some problems there. Um, we had problems with money. We had problems with retailers getting our stuff in. Um, and then bars are just a really crowded category. They're really popular. So it's kind of like you come up with an amazing idea for craft beer. Well, guess what? 8,000 other guys came up with it. Same. Yeah, <laughs> you're a good company. <laughs> So it's just, it's capital intensive. Um, it's time intensive. It's pretty painful. You know, I've, this is the sixth company I've run or started. Um, this isn't the hardest journey um, I've done because I've dealt with some ridiculous stuff. Um, but this was the most, you know, three, you know, three yards, you know, three yards, three yards, getting punched and beaten up. It was like a, it's like being in a brawl. Mm. Um, and now is we're seven year in, uh, and we're much smarter than we used to be, and we have access to more capital than we we used to. 
Um, it's a little more livable, but you know, the first four years I didn't pay myself a dime and I was funding it myself, you know, and then I did friends and family and then I did another friends and family. So we're one of the rare food companies that did not take institutional money or venture capital money. That was on purpose. Um, uh, my sister started a co-packer to manufacture for us. It's a separate company. That was a godsend because we were just going nowhere, having other people make our stuff. You got to make your own stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, and she buys all our ingredients. And so, you know, we've got a plant, uh, you know, her company that's employs 40, 50 people in Chicago. It's awesome. And then Jimmy Bar is the brand, separate company, really small, five people. But we're going to do pretty solid numbers, you know, domestically and internationally. Um, we've got a sales manager in Australia now. Um, we're looking at the UK and some other markets. So we're cranking, but it's been hard. <laughs> mm. So what is like kept you going because like you said, you started like six other business before this. So I'm pretty sure this was not known to you because you said you came from the world of technology. So like, how did you even muster up the courage or like step out into the unknown of something that you had no idea what to do? Just sheer stupidity. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You always, when you're watching Shark Tank or, or you're reading books about entrepreneurs, um, I'm a junkie when it comes to both of those. Like I, I, I listened to a podcast called how I built this, which I would recommend. And it's by PBS and it's just profiles entrepreneurs, you, you know, 99.99% of people who built and sold their companies and are now trillionaires. But that's how a lot of these people got started. Um, they just came up with an idea. I mean, I've got, I've got, I, I joke with my wife, I got a billion dollar idea under my hat and I've got a really good idea that I want to do, um, which is kind of a marriage between food and technology, but it's just a matter of just doing it. You know, it's like, I think it was, uh, I think it was Edison or Einstein or one of those guys said, you know, 95% of success is show, just show up, just do it, you know, figure it out. And so for us, failure wasn't an option. There's no way I was going to fail in this. Um, and plus I had my friend's money in this, my friends and friends, money, family, money, all my money, cash into the 401k, the whole bit. So mm. I just had to figure it out. I mean, it, like failing, closing up shop, it was not going to happen. So what advice would you give other fellow entrepreneurs that want to like grow and want to be at, you know, right there seeing the top of the hill? Because as we know, like you said, what could have happened did happen. And even more that we might not even know happened. And shifting through that mud, I know, can be difficult. So from somebody who's been able to experience it and see it and know how that feels, how and what would you say to encourage those that are listening in? Well, I would say this. For those who are who have an idea, and it could be just, it doesn't have to be, you know, Uber. It doesn't have to be a life-altering technology. Just say you created really good tasting brownies and you want to sell them. Um, a if you're a food product, I would recommend really thinking about direct to consumer like Amazon and through your website. It's a way of saving a lot of money. B, you know, I'll steal a line from Nike. Just do it. You know, instead, don't pontificate and don't like, you don't need to read a thousand books about entre- being an entrepreneur because it's like reading a thousand books about being in a fist fight. You know, mm. everybody, uh, yeah, you can do all you want, but once you're in there, you find out what you're made of and it's not for everybody. You know, it's, it's really hard. The money really sucks at first. It does. I would have made so much more money keeping my other job. So you're going to, that's the negative, right? And you're going to have, you must have access to capital. If you, if you have no way of getting money, you don't have a rich uncle, 
you don't have friends of friends, you're not savvy on the internet, you can't do crowdfunding, and you can't solve 800 problems a day, don't do it. Keep your day job. If you're someone that, you know, can get beaten up and get back up, because it, it literally is like martial arts, you're going to get your ass kicked. <laughs> Every day we have problems. Every day we have problems. We do still. I mean, in a lot of ways, our problems are bigger now, but they're good problems. Like, how the hell am I going to get these 50 pallets ready for pickup today? Or that's a great problem. That's a high class problem to have. That means someone wants to buy your stuff. Um, but, you know, at the beginning, it was like, A, we didn't have a lot of market acceptance. People just weren't, you know, didn't love our bars as much as we want them to. So we pivoted into high protein, less sugar. Then we pivoted into the functional. Right now, we're starting to pivot into non-bars that I uh, that can come out soon. I can't tell because it's sacred, but it's like we're doing some stuff that has nothing to do with bars, but it does have to do with great taste, functionality, and convenience, which is our three tenants. So for entrepreneurs, I'd say if you if you if you ha if you have got that that fire in your belly and you don't want to work for someone because working for people sucks and you believe in yourself and you're the kind of person, maybe you're a former athlete, you know what it's like to get knocked down and get back up, go for it, but make sure you have access to capital. All right. So uh, I'm sorry. I gotta, I gotta poke at what you just said. What can you tell us for future products or something maybe to look out for? Like, will you let us in a little bit to know what to expect from Jimmy Bard? A, a, a functional dessert that will change your life. Ooh, I like dessert. That's one of my favorite meals. So you speak in my language. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So do I. Yeah, put on a little COVID-15 myself. So um, yeah, it's, we're getting more into decadent, you know, kind of decadent stuff, desserts and that kind of thing. Um, and then we're going to pivot into two um, uh, uh, breads, bread and, and, and that sort of thing. And uh, we're just, we want to become more of a food company and less of just a bar company. Because, you know, once you get the hard part is getting into Walmart or Costco or Rite Aid or whatever, once you develop a relationship and you sell pretty well and people know the Jimmy Bar name and they like it and there's trust between the brand and you, the consumer, and they're like, oh, Jimmy Bar. And plus, it's, you know, I am the gym behind Jimmy Bar. It was named by my little niece. My, it was named by an eight year old. It's a family business, mm -hmm. female co-founder. we got nieces, nephews you know, nieces, boyfriends, you know, everybody, it's like a family thing. That's rare. And I don't know about you, but I'd like to support family businesses because, um, you know, you lift underneath the skirt of a lot of corporations and the stuff you don't like to see. And that is, especially in the food industry, they're poisoning us with sugar and, yeah. you know, it's not always, it's not always very cool. So, you know, we like to have a one-to-one -one relationship with consumers. And so if we come up with Jimmy of our bread or Jimmy of our this or Jimmy, of our, people tend to, uh, uh, you know, be evangelists for your brands. And so we've got 300 uh, ambassadors around the, actually around the world now, um, where we send them free stuff and they talk about Jimmy bars on Instagram and TikTok and et cetera, et cetera. And it's unbelievable how cool these people are. Cause I don't pay them. I just give them free product. And I was thinking about, I was talking to a friend of mine, they're like, why would someone who's got like a hundred thousand followers, why would they promote your brand if you're not paying? I'm like, you know what? If I liked a beer or a wine or jeans or a t-shirt company and they sent me free stuff, hell yeah, I'm going to take it and I'm going to talk about it. And I'm going to, yeah. and, it's, and it's, it's a family biz and I like them and they've got their head in the right place and they're cool people. Why wouldn't I promote them? Because you know, you probably, David, you probably promote stuff you don't even know about. You might even be, Every group of friends 
has one guy they go to for, I get one buddy and I'm like, he's, he's like, you know, he used to be a model. He's like the greatest looking guy. Or I'm like, dude, you know, what jeans should I wear? What shoes should I wear? What shirt should I wear? And he tells me no one's paying him, <laughs> but he's our expert. And then you got, I got another friend who's, I, you know, he's the guy I go to. I'm like, what should I eat, man? My stomach hurts. I you know, I need to lose 10. And so everybody has their experts and their group of friends or their family, your mom, your dad, whatever. And so that's all we're doing is that we're reaching out to people and saying, Hey, if you dig us, talk about us. And in return, we give you free stuff. I understand. Well, Mr. Jim, I appreciate your time. If you need to find Mr. Jim, you can find him at jimmybars.com or just reach out personally, jim at jimmybars.com. Thank you for your time. Dusty Rollins here. Thank you so much for listening to Profiles in Persistence. If you're a successful business owner or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit thetaxcure.com slash podcast slash apply. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Profiles in Persistence. I love seeing your posts and your guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content, so make sure you don't miss any episodes and go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, www.thetaxcure.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.